Welcome to Sleep Well, the podcast that reveals the science behind one of the most fundamental, yet most mysterious of human behaviours, sleep. I'm Dr. Caroline Horton, and I'm a psychologist and director of Dreams Lab. I also really love sleep, so personally, as well as professionally, I know how important it is for our mental and physical health. Throughout this series, I'll be talking to guests about their common sleep complaints and offering evidence-based tips for getting their all-important shut-eye. Together, we'll evaluate the evidence that sleep improves all aspects of health and well-being and whether it really is that ultimate panacea. In the current episode, we'll be thinking about the very present climate. This is being recorded in January 2021. We're in the third official lockdown in the UK, although data reported by the BBC this morning suggests that transport use has increased since the first lockdown around nine months ago. And we know that more primary school children are in school this time too. So we are locked down, but probably experiencing some lockdown fatigue. The vaccination is being rolled out to the most vulnerable groups and the over 70s are to be immunised as of this week. This provides hope in the pandemic, but we remain in uncertain times. There's a palpable sense of the unknown. Will the vaccine work? Will we be locked down again? Will we ever come out of lockdown? What's happening with the economy and closer to home, our personal finances, job security and health? I work in a university and we don't know exactly how many students might decide they want to do something other than study next September, let alone what that study might really look like. Added to this is the more emotional sense of this unknown. We understand that the number of people suffering from anxiety has risen greatly over the past nine months or so since we've been in lockdown, not only in the UK but across a number of countries that have been able to measure it. And the nature of that anxiety might be changing right now as vaccine hope builds. But with the optimism that lockdown might ease soon, the safety of the home might be left behind somewhat. And that's kind of concerning for many people. We're dealing with uncertainty, some threats to our primitively social sense of being, and for many, very real threats to health and livelihood. Every aspect of our lives have been turned upside down by COVID. So it's no surprise that there have been widespread reports of sleep being impacted too. Two recent studies have indicated that people are sleeping differently, with a study in Australia showing that whilst people are sleeping on average around 20 minutes more a night now, their sleep quality isn't any better than it was before lockdown. How can this be? Well, sleeping for longer doesn't necessarily mean staying asleep or being less disturbed. It might also be that people are sleeping at different times now, going to bed later in the early hours of the morning after that Netflix binge, giving the body less of an ideal window for restorative deep sleep than going to bed before midnight. So time spent asleep isn't everything. It's also important to think about when we're sleeping too. Although we should still be aiming for around seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night, that's the ideal. And that means eight hours of sleep, which isn't the same as just being in bed for eight hours, of course. So what's happening with sleep during the current pandemic then? With staying at home, we have to some degree more flexibility with our routines. This has led many people to go to sleep later each day and to sleep in later too. 
It may mean that sometimes there's the freedom to stay up really late and to treat yourself occasionally to a really early night too. So these changes to routine may feel liberating, but the inconsistency, the really late nights and then the really early ones, they can be really problematic. Like any habit, this can lead to difficulties with your body knowing what to expect. Sleeping regularly by going to sleep and waking up at the same times each day can help the body know when to feel hungry, when to feel alert, when it's able to exercise and helpfully when it's also time to shut down for the night. Evidence shows that in general, people are also drinking more now than before the pandemic, exercising less and, quite understandably, suffering more from anxiety too. Feeling anxious means not being able to switch off, which is obviously the direct opposite of relaxing sufficiently to go to sleep. What's more, with these extra little routine changes, if you wake up during the night, it might be harder to get back to sleep again. Because if you're feeling anxious, that means constantly being vigilant for possible threats. So if you reach for your phone to check the news updates in the middle of the night, and it's full of headlines about COVID death rates or changes to lockdown rules, those things can be pretty hard to switch off from. Of course, if you're worrying about your own health or someone else's, that's a major emotional burden to work through too. When we're more emotional in general, these emotions need processing. We know that sleep is pivotal in these kinds of processes. So even though we're asleep, brain activity shows us that we're still thinking and feeling with the emotion of fear being the most detectable. Those emotions and thoughts are, if we remember them, our dreams. If the emotion is really strong, we're more likely to remember it when we wake up than when an emotion is less strong. So perhaps it's unsurprising that people have been reporting dreaming more during lockdown than before. In truth, we're always dreaming, but it's likely that the changes to our sleep routines with more awakenings and with the extra emotional load all increases our likelihood of remembering these sleep thoughts. In this way, anxiety is affecting both our sleep and our dreams. Furthermore, there are seasonal changes. At the beginning of the first lockdown, it was uncharacteristically warm and the days were long. This doesn't sound bad at all, but it can make it hard to get to sleep when we're hot and the sunlight's giving our brains the cue that it's daytime, not night. There are things we can do in those conditions. If it's really hot, use a fan or put your socks in the fridge to cool yourself before bed. That tells your brain that it's cold and naturally then nighttime. Close the curtains, use an eye mask if you can, do whatever you can to shut out the light. It all helps. But right now, in contrast, we're in the depths of winter in the UK. It's wet and it's cold, it's muddy and it's bleak pretty much like nighttime all the time. We need to work harder than ever to remind our bodies that there is real daylight in the day. We can do that by going outside when we get up in the morning to get as much sunlight as we possibly can find. And we need to resist the temptation to sink into a chair at 6pm because it feels dark and tempting. We then run the risk of losing track of real time, especially if electric light and light from screens is ever present. So something that I'm going to say a lot throughout this series. 
We need to take care to initiate a clear and consistent routine so sleeping and waking becomes a good and predictable habit. When we sleep, we dream. And we're gonna talk a lot about dreaming later in the series. Many people have reported dreaming more during lockdown than before lockdown. And indeed, a handful of studies have now been published that indicate that people are dreaming more now of virus-related material like threats. And really, this isn't that surprising because we dream about what's on our minds. Although, as we'll find out in later episodes, not often in a direct and literal way. If our sleep routine has been disturbed, we may be more likely to remember our dreams, as I said before. So don't worry if your dream content seems to have changed. If you're regularly having nightmares or aware now of more threatening content than you used to be, you might want to try to improve your sleep routine and ensure that you're sleeping as best you can to help process those emotions. But unless you're really affected by these dreams, in which case, see your GP, I would say try not to worry. Dreaming is a normal and healthy part of human functioning. This is all fine for the normal non-COVID suffering individual, but what happens to our sleep during the pandemic when we're more closely affected by the virus? Many of us will now have experienced COVID either firsthand or will know someone who has suffered with it. We have an increasing understanding, the longer this pandemic goes on, about the longer term issues like post-viral fatigue, the role of fatigue in the virus itself and the needs of rehabilitation. To find out about some of the physical as well as emotional effects of coronavirus on sleep, I spoke to Fiona McManus, who has experienced not one, but two similar virus epidemics and most recently suffered with COVID personally. Thank you, Fiona, for joining us. The, the question that you might predict is, did it affect your sleep at the time? A little bit. I would say looking forward towards COVID, COVID's affected it far, far more. Um, I think with SARS, even though it was deadly, it, you knew it was deadly as a possibility. It wasn't an absolute. You didn't have on the TV the, the, the footage of people with respirators or anything like that, um, whether in English or in Chinese. You just didn't see that kind of footage. I don't know if that had an impact on not seeing how sick people were. Can you tell us about your own experiences with COVID? I understand that you contracted the virus and, and how it affected you physically. I'm still getting symptoms. It's it's quite bizarre. So um, just in terms of the symptoms and things. So I I was in, I'm in shielding because of medication I take for arthritis. Um, and I just suddenly realized I was getting sick. And it was the cough. But I wasn't, I didn't fulfill the symptoms that you, at that point, we were being told meant you had it. Um, when I phoned, and then I would then was phoned back by the hospital to assess me, at which point I was wheezing, just breathing was really hard. Um, they were very, very good. What was incredibly scary was, the advice was sound, but it was scary. It was if your lips start to go blue and you, you are to the point where you can't inhale properly, you have to call us. Other than that, do not come to the hospital. It will be worse. That's very scary because you're sitting thinking, I'm going to get worse. What am I going to do? Um, and it lasted, it was full on for a good week. It seemed to get better, but it came back. I felt it came back. And still, that was in, I think, March, thereabouts. 
I still have problems breathing. I still am doing daily breathing exercises. I probably can't walk on the flat for more than a mile at the moment because I can't get my breath properly. Um, I still get a lot of muscle pain, um, headaches, um, no rashes or anything. I never had a temperature. So the, the recovery of it is incredibly slow and it, it just doesn't seem to totally go. I think that's what's tough is, is you're working hard on the breathing all the time. So, yeah, quite quite strange, really. Yeah, yeah. it sounds very tough. Well, I'm obviously sorry to hear it. It does sound tough. <laughs> Do you think your sleep was affected by the physical symptoms and your physical experiences of COVID? Uh, yes. <laughs> In a really most simplistic way, I, I was incredibly melodramatic. I was truly, I think, scared that I wouldn't be able to breathe at night and that I would die. And that sounds really dramatic, but... All the time I was watching on the TV, people dying, they couldn't breathe. Everything was telling me that, you know, if I needed to go to the hospital, I was told the risk was really high. Yes, of course you'd need to go, but it's got to be bad. Um, and that really, really used to prey on my mind. And I'd say even now, I, I'm, I'm almost anxious at going to sleep. And if I wake up and I'm slightly puffy or I cough, I have to make an effort to control myself that, no, I'm, I can breathe everything's fine um but yeah it preys on my mind quite a lot actually i'm not surprised it sounds terrifying <laughs> to be surrounded by those negative messages which sounds very different from your experience of SARS actually if that was generally more positive so so it, it sounds to me like the anxiety was the biggest influence on your sleep would, would you say that that was the case normally i have to say i could sleep on a log I'm, I'm a good sleeper. I've never had a problem getting to sleep. Um, very regular sleep habit, habits, things like that, not a problem. But it's because I, I think the thing is I, A, found it hard to get to sleep. I just couldn't easily relax. And then I would panic if I woke up. So I think it's very much the anxiety and the, and the constant. I've actually, I actually made an effort to stop watching the news maximum once a day because it, I was just feeling I, was, I felt bombarded with worst case scenarios and that was almost like an inevitability i think that that was the biggest pressure how's your sleep now not great <laughs> um it's better than it was i think i i kind of do like a lot of i suppose self-talking i sit i try and i've tried to be really more mindful of my routine get into bed read a book try to make everything more relaxed it's okay go to sleep if i wake up that's fine um but i i have to work at it I would say so it's still quite it's still on my mind better than it was I'm hoping it will get better. Fiona did you find that you were tired in the day when you were most poorly with Covid? I did um, I found I was actually absolutely exhausted it was very hard to go beyond about 30-40 minutes at a time of being awake um, I would sleep just fall asleep and sleep easily quite through till the next day um, processing was hard as well so when I got to about 20-30 minutes it was very difficult to concentrate like maintain my thoughts so that's lasted quite a while. So many thanks Fiona for talking about your experiences it sounds like there's a real interaction between the psychological factors affecting your sleep and the physical ones when you've had the virus so I'm glad to hear that you're making good progress with that now and we wish you all the very best with your continued recovery. Thank you. 
Fiona's experiences helped to bring home the impact of COVID on sleep, as well as reminding us that sleep is affected by the interaction of many things, wider social contexts, physical responses to specific health issues, and the associated worry or challenges we face with coping with the physical demands. As far as we know, COVID, like any other virus, takes its toll on the body, which then needs to rest in order to recover and recuperate and conserve resources to fight it. So it's really not surprising to feel tired when we're unwell. Rest helps with the recovery. A good night's sleep also likely protects us from developing some illnesses by ensuring that the immune system is optimally functional. We don't know for sure whether that's the case with COVID, but you're more likely to catch a common cold, also a coronavirus, after a night of real disturbed sleep relative to a night of solid, high quality sleep. So there's really no harm in sleeping well for as much of the time as we can. However, Fiona also highlighted how worrying the whole pandemic can be. It takes some effort to relax and switch off from our deepest worries at the best of times, let alone during a pandemic. Fiona told us about trying to escape from the news and other information sources, and that seemed to help her. This has been a helpful reminder that any pandemic-related changes to sleep habits really aren't surprising at all, given the circumstances of physical and psychological impact. In fact, it would be more unusual not to be affected by what's going on in present. Nevertheless, it doesn't make it okay to lose out on sleep. Indeed, one major message for many different strands of health research is that it's important for us to maintain a consistent sleep routine. So in the current climate, we're gonna to have to put some effort in to implement and maintain that. It's not impossible, it just takes a little time to plan. Worrying about sleep, as well as other things, can worsen the situation too. So if you're not sleeping well, or if you feel that you're dreaming differently now, try not to worry about it. It's okay. In fact, it's normal. But let's start thinking about our sleep habits so we can really work out how to improve them. Hopefully this exploration into sleep and dream science has helped you to make sense of your own sleep behaviours. If you'd like to find out more, be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Science Pod for future episodes. And if you're listening through Apple or another supported platform, please leave us a review. If you have any questions, you're welcome to contact us too. We might even feature your question in one of our later episodes. You can do that through your review or by tweeting at sleep and memory. But in the meantime, take care and sleep well. <laughs>